0: From uh, Genesis chapter 18, we want to uh, hear God uh, speak into our lives in relation to prayer. And in Genesis 18, we have the account of Abraham's prayer, prayer of Abraham. So if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis 18, we'll begin at verse 16 and read through to the end. It says in Genesis 18, verse 16, when the men got up to leave, these are the three men, God and two angels who came to visit Abraham, and it says when they got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And Abraham spoke up again, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, what if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he, that's Abraham, said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of the 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left. And Abraham returned home. Our text is from James 5 verse 16, where it says, "The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective." James 5 verse 16. And also our text from acts 2:42 Where it says that in the early church they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so we are looking at the prayer aspect. Congregation of Jesus Christ this morning. We are part of that combined prayer service through the churches of Classis, Alberta North, even through the churches in North America. All across North America is a focus on prayer. As we do that, we want to picture that devotion to prayer and enter more fully into that devotion to prayer. So we highlight that this morning in our special prayer service. We've heard the call to prayer in 1 Timothy. We've said a prayer, the prayer of David from Psalm 86. We are part of praying with classes and a denomination. We want to be people devoted to prayer. Abraham was a man of prayer. In James 2, verse 21 it says Abraham was a righteous man. It says very specifically, Abraham was a righteous man. And then in James 5, verse 16, it says, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Abraham's prayers would be truly powerful and effective question that comes to mind, even as we think about prayer, as we pray, as we enter into thinking about prayer, are our prayers powerful and effective? Are we righteous enough? I don't think so. Then what of our prayers? Are they weak and ineffective and a waste of time? What a waste of time! here this morning, praying. Sometimes we feel that way, even personally. So we're going to look at Abraham and be encouraged in our prayers. In Genesis 18, Abraham is praying for Sodom. His pleading with God is in effect a prayer for saving those people. The question is, why would Abraham, pray for that city. And then, and then such an amazing prayer. It's really an amazing prayer where he, he dramatically counts down 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. Abraham, the righteous man. And then, if there were just these righteous people in that city, then. For the sake of the righteous ones, God would answer. God would save. And God's response is that. For the sake of the righteous, he will save the city. So because of Abraham's righteousness, possibly, and others there, that that has an effect on God's plan, that influences God's will, that that prayers are heard and answered, are powerful and effective when righteous people pray. I had a number of years ago, I was on an airplane flying east, and it was early in the morning, making my way east here to Ontario, and at sunrise... The plane, a little commotion, Uh, we were at 30,000 feet, and then these two clearly Jewish men, rabbis, got up out of their seat, made their way to the back of the plane, put on their prayer shawls, because at sunrise they are required to pray. And so they stood at the back of the plane, they didn't make a huge production of it, They just stood quietly at the back of the plane, these two men, and they offered their prayers to God. And I just in my own mind thought, this plane is good. (laughs) This plane is not going to have any problems because there's some righteous folks back there praying for this flight for things. You think too, the prayer of a righteous person Person, person seriously seeking God's faith, working, living that as best as they can. That's that's an effective prayer. You feel safe, you feel secure. I want you to ponder this text with me this morning, Abraham's Prayer, the righteous man. In Genesis 18, verse 23, he he begins his prayer. He says, Lord, if there are 50 righteous in the city. Why does he begin with 50? It's a good question. He may have said 100, 200. Well, if there were 100 or 200, then, then we could almost assume God will spare that city. 50? Yeah, 50. He starts with 50. More pressing is why does he stop at 10 maybe because noah was a righteous man in a wicked world abraham stops at 10 noah and his wife and his sons entered the ark noah had 3 sons shem ham and japheth right And their wives. So that's eight. And they were eight righteous in a wicked world. And the world was not saved. The world was condemned. And Noah is perhaps some account of that Abraham knows. Knows of this. So he stops at ten. Because if there's less than ten, then it's not effective. Maybe that's why. Eight righteous people. The world was not saved. But this is different, of course. This is not the world. This is a city. So why not go down to five? And Lot is living in the city with his wife and his two daughters and their son-in-laws. So that's six. But we read in Genesis 19, verse 14, Lot warns the son-in-laws, and it says about them, they thought it was all a joke. So we're down two, so we're down to four. So if you went to five, are there five righteous? No, there might only be four. And then if you read a little further about Lot's daughters, if you read the story of what happens later on, then you might think, too, well, that wasn't really right. And so then we're down to two, Lot and his wife. And if you know the story of Lot and his wife, when you put salt on your egg in the morning, you think of Lot's wife. She was not among the righteous ones. So there's only one that Abraham knows of, possibly, in that city. But what does Abraham know about Lot? When they were going to divide up the land, what did Lot do? It wasn't right what he did. He took the better land. He was greedy. He was selfish. So would God save the city for the sake of the righteous? There are no righteous, that Abraham knows. Yet Abraham, the righteous man, prays for the city. Why does he do that? Two reasons. First of all, Genesis 18, 21, because God is merciful. God is merciful. God is gonna go and see See if it's as bad as he's heard. He wants to check. He wants to see. Maybe, maybe he's hoping it won't be as bad as all that. God is merciful. He's here, he's here to check and see. And then we also see God's mercy in, in hearing Abraham's audacious prayer. And Abraham himself knows how uh, he says to God, God, don't be angry. God, God, I'm being bold here beyond what I should be saying. God is merciful to Abraham in his prayer. There is a tremendous picture of the mercy of God here. And even, even God's grace at the end in verse 32. When, when God answers, for the sake of the ten, I will not destroy it. As if he's waiting for Abraham to go on, but Abraham doesn't go on. God would be willing to hear Abraham more. Abraham stops. He, he, he in himself stops. But God is still merciful. God is always merciful. Abraham is satisfied with that merciful God. He knows God has heard him. He understands God will be merciful beyond our expectation. Verse 25, that the God of all the earth will do right, that God is truly the righteous one. So that's absolutely clear. And I wanted this morning, first of all, just to have you understand a key understanding of prayer. We are praying to a merciful God. Do you really believe that? Do you really understand that? When you pray, do you recognize that God is ready to be merciful and gracious to you? That God is attentive and ready to say yes? In this prayer of Abraham, God says yes to the 50. He says yes to the 45. He says yes to the 40. He says yes to every request that Abraham places before him. Do you notice that? This is the God we pray to. He wants to, he is ready to say yes that gives us boldness to lay our hearts before a merciful God in prayer. It's not that he's up there waiting to say no. And you barely start your prayer, no. And you barely offer anything, no. That's not the God we pray to. Ponder that, first of all. See that this morning. Take it to heart in your own prayer, even God, when he gives his name to Moses in Exodus, says, I am the gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. This is the God we pray to. Amazing. The second thing is you need to recognize Abraham's prayer. Why does Abraham pray for the city? He he is praying sincerely in love. For this city. You have to realize that. Abraham's not playing games. He's not trying to see how far he can push God. Oh, I'll see how far I can push him. It's not in view at all. He is praying for Lot and his family, though he never mentions them by name. And they are spared by God, which is wonderfully gracious to the degree that they uh, respond to God. But he is pleading in love for this city, in love. In our prayer, the degree to which we press God for something is uh, part of our heart. How much does it matter to us, really? That prayer is a burden from our heart for someone, for something. That's the picture here. Abraham knew and cared for the people in that city. He really did. How do we know that? We know that from the context of Genesis 18 and Genesis 14. If you read Genesis 14, it says in verse 14 that Sodom was one of five cities that was attacked and the people were taken captive and Abraham, in response to save Lot, also saved that city, he, with 318 of his men and with God's help, rescued the people. and then it says in Genesis 14, "The king of Sodom thanked Abraham. The king of Sodom worshipped with Abraham, sat down with him in the church, and Melchizedek was the high priest, and they worshiped God together. They knew each other. They understood. There was a bond. And Abraham wants to live out the promise God made to him, a promise that is repeated here when it says in verse 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. They won't be wiped out. They won't be destroyed. All nations on earth will be blessed through his witness to them. Abraham witnessing to them of his faith in God. Abraham is seeking to minister to his neighbor. And he loves his neighbor. He is reaching out to them in faith. He is risking his life to save them. His prayer is to a merciful God. Not based on some vague concern. Not not some level of justice, not kind of testing God. He knows these people. He loves these people. He risked his lives for these people. And he is praying for these people sincerely. Sadly, they will not have any of it. But he continues to hope and plead with God. Martin Luther says about this prayer, Abraham prays six times, with love and deep emotion from the heart of love to the heart of God. That's what's going on here. And when we pray that way, God will hear. How do we pray? Application, first of all, to a merciful God in love. How bold can we be? I want you this morning to let this Bible passage speak directly to your heart. And that, that what goes on here, I would want to have it shape your prayers. Listen to what it says. If you have the Bible open, you'll notice even the specific wording. When, when it says in Genesis 18, verse 24, that Abraham asked God, what if there are 50 righteous people Will you sweep away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous? For the sake of the 50 righteous. And then, verse 26, the Lord answers, I will spare the whole place for their sake. For their sake. And then, verse 29. God takes, it's God speaking. Abraham doesn't, doesn't speak specifically for their sake. But God responds. Abraham says in verse 29, what if only 40 are found? God responds, for their sake, I will save them. That's God speaking. God takes those words, for their sake. And God says again in verse 31 about the 20, for the sake of 20 righteous, I will answer your prayer. And verse 32, again, God speaking. For the sake of the 10, God will answer. God will act for the sake of the righteous. The application this morning. God wanted Abraham to keep going. God did not want Abraham to stop that prayer. And God wants you to keep going in your prayer, in your heartfelt prayer to God, in love, to help, to heal, to save those you love, those you care for, to advance his church and kingdom. God wants you to keep going lower. God wants you to go down to eight and six and five. If we prayed in the church here, Lord, answer our prayer for the sake of, say, five good people here. Five righteous here. Would we have five righteous here? Not sure. We've got to keep going lower. We need to plead before God that he would answer your prayer, our prayer, for the sake of not three or two, but for the sake of, of one righteous person. I want you to pray for the sake of one righteous person that God would answer your prayer. One righteous person. Because in James 5 verse 16 it said a righteous person. Prayer is powerful and effective. Now I don't know about you but I know myself I'm not that righteous person. And I don't know others here. There's a lot of good people here, and they're doing their best. But I wouldn't want to hinge our prayer on their righteousness, because the Lord knows the heart. And in Romans 3, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But I do know, I do know one righteous person. I know one. Jesus Christ. And so, you, you have already done it, but have you fully understood it? Even kids will end their prayer. We teach them to end their prayer. For Jesus' sake, hear my prayer. And we just say that so quickly, but that's, that's the point. That's the power. That's the effectiveness. God will answer our prayer. For Jesus' sake. What are we saying? What does it mean? Where does it come from? It comes from here. Genesis 18. God will act in love for the sake of the righteous. Dear God, save, help, protect, restore, deliver. For the sake of one truly righteous person, the only truly righteous person who has ever lived, Jesus Christ, Jesus whom the Bible calls the righteous one and Jesus who demonstrated in his life and death and resurrection that he was God's son, truly righteous God over all and that he also demonstrates his love on the cross, that he loves us and this world so much. So for his sake, for his love, that God the Father would answer Our prayer, that's our hope and our comfort. This morning, we are reminded of that great truth from this word in Genesis 18. As we pray to God to forgive, to protect, we see God recognizing Jesus' love and Jesus' righteousness and answering our prayers for Jesus' sake, Jesus who loved us. So I want you to be reminded every time you pray to end your prayer with confidence, with thanksgiving, that as you seek God's presence and power and help and healing in your life, that we recognize God's love in Jesus and put our hope, in him as our Savior. Amen. We are going to pray this morning uh, in our prayers in a moment. Uh, At this time, we are going to sing as a song of response, Speak, O Lord, that he would speak that word of prayer, that word of comfort into our hearts.